Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Citizen Bitcoin Podcast. All you fellow citizens of Bitcoin out there, it's 2019. It's been about six weeks since we published a pod. Tommy, how's it going? It's going great, man. We took a little break there. Yeah, we did, but we it needed was, it. Yeah, we need. Well, you know, um, just the way it, you know, just the way it kind of laid out. <clears throat> Had some travel and just couldn't connect it together. I guess we could have forced it, but it's better to do it now because you know why? Why is that? It's the birthday of Bitcoin. Today. It is today is is the is the tenth birthday of Bitcoin. It's pretty That's amazing. Right. It's, it's a it's a bir- birthday, man. Yeah, January third, two thousand nine. The Genesis block was mined, and uh, so today we're gonna spend some time talking about the first ten years of Bitcoin, the history of Bitcoin, where it came from, what what happened, what, how we got to where we are today. Um, might do a little bit of speculation on what the next ten years might look like. Um, well, where we might be. Yeah, we could. Well, we we talked about just for everybody understand. We talked about it uh, before we got on on the uh, podcast here, and and I my answer. I probably have. It's probably not a good answer, but maybe it's maybe a Richard Feynman answer. I don't know. Well, yeah, but I mean, nobody not, can't. We can't know. We certainly can't I mean, know. Ten year, ten years out is you know, it's kind of hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about what we, what we might be able to expect uh, coming up this year. Uh, that's uh, something that we can that's fair. we can speculate that's with the, with more information. Uh, and I might make some wild speculation about ten years from Not now. Not you. <laughs> um, are we bring? Are we going to bring out rockets? Oh, the rockets are coming out. Rockets. Uh, There's some people that were doing rockets on. They did some rockets on tw- on Twitter. Yeah, I think I think the the rockets are going to be going sideways for for quite a while longer uh, before they start lifting back off again. Anyway, uh, so did you have good holidays? Love man? the rockets. Did yeah, you how about yourself? How about yourself? It was good, man. It was good. Good time with family. Um, took a little break from work. Uh, got a, got a little crazy there toward the end of the year, kind of wrapping some projects up, and and um, a lot. My son turned four uh, in December, and so we had kind of some birthday celebration stuff to handle and we were busy and and we tried to get a pot in there in December um uh but it just didn't work out so it was it ended up being a nice break uh you know actually last time we talked uh recorded an episode was the day of the hash wars um, yeah and and I just thought before we dive into Bitcoin history stuff I forgot about that cuz we yeah. actually were on there with the hash wars the and Bitcoin cash say, stuff yeah and so what the heck's going on actually well, that it, reminds me cuz we were we were always and a, yeah, whatever on. Well, uh, Bitcoin. I, I think. Uh, Bitcoin In other words, ABC, we were we were other, underwhelmed yeah. by by Bitcoin Cash to begin with. Right, right. It was kind of fun fun to. Uh, but let's see what's going on day. right now. Actually, and I'm uh, using. Uh, Both of them price wise compared to Bitcoin are are pretty low. They're like Bit, Bitcoin Cash. 0.025 or like a basically yeah, and, and if we yeah. 2.5 percent of a bitcoin yeah but yeah exactly and if we use the fiat it's 163.48 us dollars according to coin market cap and then bitcoin oh, bch is up to 0.04 of a uh, four oh. uh 4.2 percent of a bitcoin bitcoin sv is 2.3 percent of a bitcoin so bitcoin bitcoin cash is sort of it's made some separation price wise, so I, I assume. Yeah, what happened to the other Bitcoin one? I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna do their thing. Um, but actually, the answer is we don't. Really... Bitcoin SV. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Well, actually, wait a second. It is what it is. Um, SV. SV. Yeah, it's it's um, eighty eight dollars and eighty cents. Yeah. 
So yeah, there you go. Bitcoin Cash is is ABC volume, is worth twice vo- as much as SV. Volume uh, seventy nine million in the last twenty four hours on SV. Bitcoin Cash two hundred fifty million roughly. Yeah. And Bitcoin four point four bill- six billion. Four billion. Yeah. There you go. So. Wah, 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 wah. Anyway, um, well, yeah, well, the other thing la- too was- from earlier in the year on, is that we covered the, the what is it? I always pronounce oh, bit, it wrong. Bitmain, Bitmain, right? right? Yeah. And at the time, we were like, you know, uh, they put put all their uh, kind of chips on Bitcoin right. Cash, right? Yeah, they made a big. I mean, bet. in terms of of just very generally, made a big bet on Bitcoin Cash, and and uh, it's definitely been hurting them pretty bad. Uh, and they're, I think, I mean, it just seems like Bitcoin or the Bitmain is at, at risk of that. They're not, it looks like they're not going to be able to IPO in the Hong Kong exchange. Um, that might, which might be we kind of thought that that might be falling that through. For, yeah, that, and it looks like the company itself is in trouble, uh, of just like actually staying alive. A lot of layoffs have happened. I think 80% of the employees have been laid off or something like that. I read, uh, and of course, Jihan Wu is out. Um, so now Jihan Wu is who again? He was the CEO of Bitmain. Right, yeah. Right. And he was the one actually um, kind of what a roller teaming up ride. teaming up with Roger and yeah. and Craig and then then they split off. You know, forkers going to fork, man. That's that's what they do. They they uh they believe in hard forks well, is the, the way to govern is, it's Bitcoin. Like a, and, it's like a Wild West movie where everybody's got, you know, everybody's got a gun or maybe not Wild West, maybe Pulp Fiction or something yeah. like that where everybody's got a gun trained on the other person. You know, I try to keep I try to or keep tabs on all this stuff a little say bit. That, but the idea is is Everybody's, you know, yes. The, it's like the that double scene, cross. It's like that scene, uh, "Good and Bad and the Ugly," at the end of the, you know, where each each of the characters, main characters, have has a gun on each other. Yeah, well, there's, that, there's you know, the one that. thing about that movie, right? Uh, isn't that the good, the bad, and the ugly? Where it's, or no, that's Outlaw Josie Wales with Clint Eastwood in it. Where mm-hmm. he, he said, "Are you a bounty hunter?" Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, he, and then, uh, it says it's a living, and dying ain't much of a living. Uh, boy, and he shoots him. Anyway, it's right, pretty good line. Got, yeah. Anyway, I like that one. All right, we so, digress. Back to birthday Bitcoin. So happy birthday Bitcoin. Uh, you know, the uh, your illegitimate stepchildren. Uh, you know, notwithstanding, um, we are uh, excited to talk. About, I mean, I think this is a big deal. You know, ten years is a uh, one of those psychological numbers, kind of like going over a thousand dollars for the first time, or a hundred dollars for the first time, I mean, or one dollar for the first time. You know. Um, 10 years is, is, uh, I was talking to someone earlier today and, you know, I told him it was, it was Bitcoin's birthday and we were, you know, in the midst of a conversation and he was like, well, what, what else is going on? I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm still into this Bitcoin thing and today's the 10th birthday. And, and he's like, oh wow, 10, it's been around for 10 years. That's, that's impressive. You know, that's that. And, and I think to somebody who doesn't know much about Bitcoin or whatever, if you just kind of psychologically say to them, you know, this thing's been going without fail for 10 years. It is impressive. Well, and the other thing, and it make, it makes a difference. And it's important to use this definition because we have in the past uh, the the Lindy effect, or yeah. just L I N D Y effect. Yeah. And I'm just going to say just real quick um, what the definition is. The Lindy effect is a concept that the future life expectancy of some non-perishable things, like a technology or an idea, is proportional to their current age. So that every additional period of survival implies a longer remaining life expectancy. Where the Lindy effect applies, mortality rate decreases right. with time. 
Yeah. So and it and it makes it's a big just difference. backing up the you know, ten years. Trust is a is a major factor in with money, obviously, right? Um, and so the longer that Bitcoin survives, the more trustworthy yep. it becomes, uh, and that makes a big difference in the way people estimate it, you know, or, yep. or, or think about it. So, so I think it's a big deal. Um, so I, I think I think this would be a good day to talk about sort of the history of Bitcoin, where it came from, just kind of run through the story. Um, and hit some of the highlights uh, and just kind of do some reminiscing, a little walk down memory lane. So a lot of people, of course, think that Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency, uh, but it's not. It's just the first one that really worked uh, and was decentralized enough to work. Um, the attempts before were failed for various reasons, but among those uh, reasons were was the the fact that they were centralized efforts that were able to be you know um i guess regulated out of existence uh eventually um so in the 80s and 90s um David Chom first proposed in in 1982 uh David Chom first proposed the concept of eCash and he talked about using cryptography um and to create untraceable payments so that there were, and he was focused on privacy. Um, and so he created a company that was based in Amsterdam called Digicash mm-hmm. and Digicash issued, um, a currency. Uh, it was a, you know, a centralized effort. Obviously it was run by this company. Um, and it's, you know, Chom was a brilliant guy and the effort, you know, there was quite a few raised quite a bit of money. Um, Quite a few really smart folks working on it, and it worked to an extent, but it never really caught on um, mm-hmm. and, and and took off. Um, then in 1997, Adam Back invented Hashcash, mm-hmm. and that's where proof of work comes from. So this is here's one of the kind of pieces of the Bitcoin puzzle. It was invented in 1997. Adam Back invented, and of course Adam Back works with, with uh, Blockstream now. Um, Hashcash was invented as a solution to email spam, right? So you could use Hashcash to basically pay postage for email, um, which would disincentivize people from sending out tons of spam because there's a cost to it. Emails, right? And then the concept maybe this wasn't this deal specifically, but I remember the idea, and maybe Andreessen talked about it. Um, from A16Z, but the idea is at at that point, he was with Netscape. In the nineties, yeah, yeah, and then maybe, maybe, and then and and somewhere in there, but the idea of at a certain level, maybe you you tell somebody at, at a certain number, you're paying them to open your email. So yeah. in other words, like, okay, here's a dollar, right? Here's five dollars. Now, understanding, you got to figure out how you would yeah. Get and there's that. there's a service built on Bitcoin that does that. I can't think of the name of it right now. Well, actually, wasn't that twenty? Uh, we're bouncing around here, but I think this is an important point. Wasn't that twenty one dot co? Might have been that they changed the name to Earn. Earn, that's it. That's yeah, the well, one, that yeah. was twenty one dot co. Okay, they changed the name to Earn, and okay. then it got then it got acquired by Coinbase. Okay, and then but the idea is is their CTO is a A sixteen Z partner, the guy whose name I can't. The, he's actually Balaji. Yeah, Srinivasan. Yeah, yeah. He 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 went in there on that, and so that was the the idea between behind Earn was uh-huh. that particular. I think that was yeah, a particular. That's thing. the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, or you could say you could say if you wanted an expert, they had people listed. So if you wanted to pay somebody a hundred bucks right. or whatever, yeah, 
uh, if you want somebody to, to read an email, send it to their earn inbox, pay five bucks or whatever, or whatever the, the Just think if we would have done that with our set. podcast to begin with, we'd, we'd, it would <laughs> oh, yeah. be incredible. Yeah, with all that incoming, uh, oh my God. incoming uh, you know, messages that we get on the free systems. <laughs> um, so Anyway, so then, okay, then let's the get next back year, Yeah, the next year, 1998, um, it was a big year for sort of the seeds of Bitcoin because Wei Dai, uh, who was referenced in the white paper, uh, his project B Money was a cryptocurrency um, system. It was a, it was a proof of work. It used some it was built off of Adam Back's proof of work system. Um, was put forth or like the, described, um, and then Nick Szabo also put out a similar proposal for Bit Gold and um, solving. And it also was based on proof of work. Um, so solving proof of work gets you bits and the last, uh, bit of the string is used to create the string of the next transaction. So that idea of the chain of blocks was, in, was included in, in Bitgold. So those were both just proposals and, but no code was ever, yep. written, no code was ever written. Um, and then in the late nineties, early two thousands, you had the peer to peer networking revolution, right? And this, uh, Napster came out, uh, BitTorrent protocol was written and um, that was sort of the final piece of the puzzle. So you've got uh, Hashcash's proof of work, and then Bitgold's like idea of blockchain, and um, and some ideas from uh, from the way that proof of work was adapted in, in Wayguys right. B money. And then you bring in uh, the missing, the final missing piece, which was the peer-to-peer networking. And uh, in 2008, of course, uh, October 31st, Halloween. Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto sends the Bitcoin white paper to the cryptography mailing list and described uh, Halloween, right? Described a way to solve the double spending problem, the Byzantine generals problem as it's known as in computer science. Yep. Uh, with proof of work and a peer-to-peer network. Uh, and 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 in a way that is completely decentralized and doesn't rely on a central server or central authority. And that those, that combination. Yeah, and, and jump on me if I'm yeah. going out of turn here. But the idea is, is that that it was pretty genius on this peer-to-peer network because it was really low tech, and it works on Nakamoto, what's called Nakamoto consensus, right? In terms of how that has all worked out, right? Yep. So you didn't have to have a situation where you had these big corporations, multinationals, spending all sorts of money, and it was at the entry point for somebody to become a a, a node, right? Right. Yeah, nodes could nodes could uh, were free to join the network at any time and drop off the network, and you go nodes could come back on the network uh, and be able to trust that the longest chain with the most proof of work is is uh, legitimate and and um, has no double spends. And and we and just to step in because we're going through a bunch of years here, just to mention this. We're going through an article that has a, a lot of links on this, and so just we're going to include this as part of the show notes. Yeah, we'll we'll include our sources. Which here. We, we, have we all yeah we always do that. Brady Brady does it. I shouldn't say we because Brady does it. We're a team, but he he uh, d- does a phenomenal job with it. Yeah, with we'll the, definitely include notes. our sources here in the show notes. So you'll be able to see it because we're because we're we're going through each year and and each each year actually has what we're talking about backed up in, in significant detail as we go through this. Yeah, we're pulling from several different sources, and we'll include them all. So uh, then on January 3rd, uh, 2009, exactly 10 years ago today, the first uh, Bitcoin 
the first block was mined yeah. uh, by Satoshi. And then um, the code was shared a few days later on January 8th with the cryptography mailing list. And people started talking about Bitcoin. How Finney began run, running Bitcoin and tweet, the first tweet about Bitcoin ever was from Hal Finney on January 10th, 2009. Just simply running Bitcoin was, was what it said. Uh, so he had downloaded and started running Bitcoin. Um, he, Hal Finney was the uh, you know, a cryptographer that had been around for a long time on that mailing list and was a very well-respected computer scientist. Um, Satoshi sent 10 Bitcoins to Hal Finney as, as the first Bitcoin transaction between two individuals. And then um, I thought this was, I was going through some of the old emails on the Satoshi Nakamoto Institute, which is a great resource, by the way. And if you haven't gone to the Satoshi uh, Nakamoto, uh, nakamotoinstitute.org and click on the Satoshi section, which is the URL satoshi.nakamotoinstitute.org, mm -hmm. you'll find all the stuff that, that uh, was ever published by Satoshi. So emails, forum posts, uh, all this stuff. And it's just fascinating to read through. And you can also get that uh, if you're in, you know, you're listening to this podcast, so you're into audio. You can get that in audio format uh, from Audible in a, comp a comp compilation called The Book of Satoshi, which is fantastic. Uh, one that I love to kind of just turn on and listen to, you know, a couple times a month. I'll turn on and listen to a bit of that. And it's, it's just great to kind of dive in anywhere once you've gone through it all. But I, I found this email uh, from January 16th, 2009, uh, that Satoshi wrote uh, in response on the, on the Bitcoin list. I think, this might been, might, I think this was the first thread on the Bitcoin mailing list. Um, so this is not on the cryptographer's mailing list anymore. It's on the Bitcoin mailing list that Satoshi started. Bitcoin version 0 0.1 released, and it was a response to uh, Dustin Trammell. And uh, Satoshi responds... I would be surprised if 10 years from now, we're not using electronic currency in some way. Now that we know how to wait, a way to do it that won't inevitably get dumbed down when the trusted third party gets cold feet. It could get started in a narrow niche like reward points, donation tokens, currency for, for a game or micropayments for adult sites. Initially, it could be used in proof of work applications for services that could almost be free, but not quite. It can already be used to pay, uh, for pay-to-send email. The send dialog is resizable, and you can enter as long a message as you like. It's sent mm -hmm. directly when it connects. So there were actually messages that were included, a messaging system that was included with the transaction. So you could send messages back and forth uh, within the Bitcoin system itself. Um, and then it, finish, it concludes with kind of what's become a sort of semi-famous uh, Satoshi quote. It might make sense just to get some in case it catches on. If enough people think the same way, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Once it gets bootstrapped, there are so many applications if you could effortless, effortlessly pay a few cents to a website as easily as dropping coins in a vending machine. So um, there's Satoshi speculating uh, ten, on 10 years uh, from the time of this email, which is right about now, because uh, this, was, this was sent on the, uh, January 16th, 2009. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, Satoshi... It, is not surprised because there's plenty of people using electronic currency in many ways. Um, and you know, thanks Satoshi. Well done. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of amazing, uh, what was started, uh, in the, in this, in those first few weeks of January, 2009. So in 2009, Bitcoin was just this kind of curiosity, um, coders, cryptographers working on it, talking about it on the mailing list. And 
In 2010, there was kind of a, a seminal moment in May of 2010, a Florida-based programmer um, named Laszlo Haniesz, Haniesz? I don't know how to pronounce this Polish name. I think it's Polish. Um, sorry about that. Uh, H-A-N-Y-E-C-Z. Yep. Uh, sent about 10,000 bitcoins, sent 10,000, exactly 10,000 bitcoins to a London Hanesh, man in exchange, in exchange for two pizzas. So 10,000 10, bitcoins in exchange for two pizzas, which cost about $25. So that yeah, values back then Bitcoin in two, at in what? 2010, there must have been pretty good pizzas. That's, that's pretty good. About a quarter of a, of a cent, a fraction of a penny. Um, so that was the first time that there was a, a trade between a, a U.S. dollar value established for Bitcoin. And we don't know whatever happened to that, right? Those, those that Bitcoin. I yeah, it, it doesn't identify who this who this London man was. Uh, who so apparently, Laszlo sends ten thousand Bitcoin to this man in London who calls a, um, some pizza place in Florida and orders pizza to Laszlo's home. I, I think he just wanted to see, you know this guy wanted to see it work. Um, so just a couple of months after that happened, Bitcoin's value finally broke the penny threshold. So one Bitcoin was worth a penny, um, sometime in the summer of, well, t- of so, 2010. Well, so at, at $4,000 per Bitcoin, that's $40 million for that pizza. Yeah, there you go. At current prices, right? Yeah. Roughly. Um, so... There so was, the question is, if somebody left that on a machine somewhere, right, would you, would you, you know, and ended up in a landfill, would you mine for it, try to get it back? That, that's actually happened. Did they ever get it? There were, I've definitely seen pictures of a, a person in London who was combing through a garbage dump for a computer that had Bitcoin on it. That was happening in 2017. That happened in 2017 during that big did the, did the guy find it? I don't think so. Or the gal find it? I don't think so. Huh. Um, so Mount Gox was I mean, how insane do people think, would think if somebody was doing that, right? I mean... Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's a lot of money sitting there. It's a good war story for in any event. So, yeah, there were a lot of coins lost early because, you know, people didn't really understand what was going to happen, you know, at this mm, point. That's true. It was very early. Um, Mount Gox was, was established in July of 2010. Um, in February of 2010, there was a site called the Bitcoin Market. Uh, that was the first Bitcoin market that popped up. Um, Slush, the first mining pool, also mined Bitcoin successfully for the first time that year. So um, mining a lot happened in 2010. Yep, a lot happened in 2010. Um, 2011, Bitcoin passes the dollar threshold for the first time. Uh, there was it was uh, mentioned in in well there was an article about Bitcoin in Time Magazine that year. Um, it was, you know, all over Slashdot, and you hear a lot of people, uh, big, you know, kind of early Bitcoiners on podcasts and stuff talk about mm-hmm. how they found out about Bitcoin on Slashdot, um, that, that it was a nerdy kind of tech site back in the day. Uh, and so in 2011, Bitcoin saw its kind of first big spike. It went over $30, but then crashed back down to 10. That was in 2011. Um, in June... Mount, uh, June 2011, Mount Gox gets hacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, serious security breach compromised ten, tens of thousands of accounts. They lost uh, hundreds of thousands of bitcoins, uh, and that is that whole uh, event is still ongoing today. There's still um, 
uh, some kind of there's legal fallout of that is still is still yeah. ha- still ongoing at yeah. this point. Um, in 2011, uh, Litecoin was released. The you know the silver to Bitcoin's gold was the way Charlie Lee described it. Um, so it was released in late 2011. And yeah, well, Litecoin just the odd thing for me about like Litecoin is it's it's similar to Bitcoin except it has four times the amount of coins, right? Right, and it and it also has block times that is four times faster. So two and a half minute block times as opposed to 10 minute block times. And then the other thing is um, Charlie Lee sold all his Litecoin allegedly, right? Yeah, in 2017. Not allegedly, like he publicly announced that he yeah, sold so it Yeah, so he sold it all. So now he comes back in. Didn't they recently, this is something that happened since our last podcast, didn't they end up advertising on an MMA fight or something <laughs> yeah. like that, Litecoin? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah Litecoin sponsored uh, MMA fight. I don't know. Anyway, um, anyway, so the whole idea, yeah, the, the whole idea with Litecoin, it, it's it's kind of like I, I think if if you want to back, there's no there's a no coin, reason. I think that you really have to be be really the lightning network. About Litecoin. In my opinion, the Lightning Network makes Litecoin useless. Uh, it was probably useless before that even. Useless? Yeah, useless. Because wow. yeah, because we don't. I mean. The only reason that we had silver, you know, like throughout human history, that humans decided that silver was a good idea to have around instead of just using gold is because gold was too valuable uh, for smaller payments. So if you were going to try to buy some, make a small transaction with gold, you'd have, it was hard to, you know, divide it down to this yeah, t- to the tiny amount no, that you needed. True. Well, then you had the multiple- Silver was more abundant, so it was- yeah, and you had the multiply, there was like a ratio right. um, that's been broken a long time ago now, but- Yeah, yeah uh, and then it was, it, silver was pretty much demonetized uh, once, you know, we had paper gold and we saw that happen. Um, yep. So with Bitcoin, you don't have the- you know, the uh, divisibility problems that, that gold has. And you don't have, it's digitally transferable, so you don't have the, you know, issues of, of transfer as well yep. from being heavy and, and whatever. So um, there's no reason for for silver to Bitcoin's gold. Uh, but, you know, it was a good meme uh, and a decent, uh, you it know, so- it a sounds, decent idea. It sounds good until you find out what actually is going on. Yeah. Um, so 2012 uh, was another year of, um, increase in price crossed the hundred dollar threshold for the first time in April 2012. In 2013, uh, the price was pretty choppy, but it eventually got up uh, crossed the one thousand dollar threshold for the first time. So that was 2013, just marching right along. Um, and then it cracked, uh, crashed in 2014. Uh, through 20, 2014 to 2016, uh, the Mt. Gox, the big Mt. Gox hack ha- happened. So Mt. Gox was hacked again and, and it actually like bankrupted Mt. Gox. Uh, they found out that they had lost a lot of Bitcoin that they were unaware of. The, uh, the, a hack was basically, the hacker was stealing Bitcoin from Mt. Gox over a long period of time and before they became aware of it. Uh, and there was just no recovering from that. And that is that event is what the legal fallout is still happening from. Actually, not the twenty eleven. Well, but but the right, right, exactly, but, uh, exactly. Yeah, but the, the the idea, the the situation that's um, unusual with Mt. Gox is that 
and it kind of ties to not your the whole idea of not your keys, not your Bitcoin, is that people that had Bitcoin on the exchange at this point, as we're getting to the very end of this administration and winding this whole situation down in Bitcoin, the idea is, and, and I think there were some discussions, I don't know exactly where we are right now on it, but the idea was, okay, we're going to get you your value back for your Bitcoin, but we're going to actually, you had six Bitcoin or whatever, let's say it's 100, you had 100 Bitcoin, we're not going to give you the 100 Bitcoin back, right. we're actually going to take the whatever the value, value is today. And so what no, ends up, I think it was the cash value from when the when Mount Gox went bankrupt. Well, I don't know. Okay. I think so. Which is okay. not. Which is why right. a lot of yeah. those people are so, upset because yeah, yeah, they're upset because <laughs> you got a situation where where uh, Mount Gox is in quote completely completely uh, uh, with the uh, assets are much much greater than the liabilities because yeah. you have a situation with the value the underlying value changed so much yeah uh, dramatically that. That uh, you know, so you've got a you have a situation where you'd want to you'd want to say as a, as an investor in the deal, just give me my Bitcoin back. Right. Totally. Absolutely. And then, uh, but they, but they're they're basically saying that in some cases, based on where somebody got in, let's say somebody got in at 150 bucks, and I don't know what the number was. Let's but let's just use an argument. You know, I mean, just lay it out. It's 150, and then when it happened, how much was it? <laughs> Was it three something? Well, three hundred I mean, something. Um, it it it. I think it happened right after it peaked at about a thousand dollars. So it, it could happened, have been but what I'm saying is, I, I, think, Gox, yeah. I think the Mount Gox number was maybe it was in the two or three hundreds. But the but the point is, is that if you invested and had your had your coins, you had Bitcoin. I'll use a hundred. You had a hundred Bitcoin. No, I get it. I get it. Right? Yeah. It does, it's it sucks. Oh. A lot of people are upset about that. So then, then of well course put. that led in. <laughs> then, then of course it led into uh, there's the 2017 bull cycle. Uh, by June, Bitcoin was worth over three thousand um, dollars. By December, I think we peaked at nineteen seven something, nineteen six something uh, in December, and uh, of course we've December just a year ago. Yeah, um, the uh, in in August. Uh, of 2017, of course, that we should know the Bitcoin Cash fork happened, uh, and that was, you know, kind of a seminal moment too. That was the whole uh, scaling debate came to a head, and the on-chain scaling proponents decided to go hard fork away and, and create Bitcoin Cash. The second layer Lightning Network solution uh, scaling solution uh, proponents stayed on the the Bitcoin chain, and uh, so. 2018, we've been in a bear market of price, but but we've seen uh, an absolutely phenomenal growth of the Lightning Network. So if you look at the numbers for Lightning Network in 2018, um, the Lightning the network capacity went from zero to 515 Bitcoin. Public nodes went from zero to 4,800. What and does that really mean? What do you mean? Which part? What What does four thousand mean? Four thousand eight hundred nodes. Oh, is that nodes? Nodes, yeah. Okay. And channels. Uh, so the five from zero to sixteen thousand. So there's sixteen thousand at the end okay, of well, twenty eighteen. That's better. Sixteen thousand that, channels. Be, that's better. I misunderstood that. So that that's better than I thought. Sixteen thousand channels <laughs> and forty eight hundred nodes. 
with a 515 Bitcoin capacity. That all happened in That's my point, though. No, that that's my point. What is yeah. 515 Bitcoin? That's the capacity of the Bitcoin in the 1600 channels, 1600 public channels. So, if I, so that means on an ongoing basis, if stuff's going back and forth, or, or maybe not, is that if in total, in, in a... In a microsecond, it, it can only go to 500 and that number. No, it just means that's the, that, that's the total amount of Bitcoin that are in Lightning Network channels, the public, public Lightning Network channels. So, for instance, on my Lightning Network node, I have five channels set up. You do? Yep. So I've got five channels set up, and I've got a couple channels that come back into that connect to my node, that are incoming to my node. And Is this, it operating right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what do you what do you do with it? Do you check I'm it every just week? Playing with it, you know. I'm open some open some channels to people I know on Bitcoiners I know on Twitter and just kind of playing with it, sending stuff back and forth. I I drew on Satoshi's dot place and I played Lightning Spin and so, okay. So let's like say let's say that let's let's say that bought um, some stickers like that, <laughs> that like that brief uh, leather briefcase I was talking about. So mm-hmm. let's say I put it on to to sell that. Mm-hmm. How did how would that work? Well, I mean, there's there hasn't that I know of really a like a marketplace that supports Lightning Network yet, you know, um, like a full fully built out web marketplace that will happen. Um, but if you knew somebody who was on the I mean it's early right now, but if you knew somebody who had a node and was on the Lightning Network that wanted to buy it from you, I could, okay. So I could, could you just just I'm just talking as a practical matter. Could could you just sit there because we we're pretty decent sized on on uh, Twitter relatively speaking. So if you sit there and said, hey, look at this picture, uh, look at this description, this is an item that I've got for sale, Yeah, um, you can buy it for me on the Lightning Network and it's X amount, or, or you'll mm-hmm. give me an offer. Yeah, and then I could just give them my Lightning Network node ID, Yeah, and uh, they would be able to send me money. Okay, so they send you the money, but when do you? How would that work? Or term- my wallet address that's attached well, how, to my. That's right. attached I mean, to my. I guess the idea would be this is kind of, and I know we're off, but I, I think this is important to talk about. I would generate so I would generate a payment request is what I would do, using either my node or a wallet that's attached to my node. I'd send a QR code or just a a series of. But uh, how? So I received. Let's say I I've got the I've got this leather briefcase. Yeah. And, and uh, so. How do how do I know if I send you the money that mm-hmm. I'm going to get the briefcase? I mean, same as you would do it on any on like internet based marketplace, right? Like, like, posh, like eBay or something. Posh wash or whatever. You would you'd have to use reputation. Like, if I'm going to buy something from somebody on eBay, I'm going to buy it from them because they have a high reputation of co- of, go- of going through with. Their, so in terms, their, okay. So I just need to think. So in terms of somebody doing it at a coffee shop, the idea would be somebody would sign up at the coffee shop to buy coffee through the Lightning Network. Yeah. But that that would really be something where they immediately you would be there and they would immediately know. Well, yeah, Lightning Network has nothing to do with like how transactions are trusted um, between people on the internet necessarily. Um, it has to. That's what I want to clarify for the listeners. So the idea, the idea though. So the idea. Yeah, I mean, be, like eBay could just add Lightning Network as a payment method, right? But then I would, I would just uh, you use the same solutions to trusting a stranger, buying something from a stranger on the internet as as any of these okay, other. We can get back to the history, but I yeah, yeah. I, I, we use that just as. Um, a- talking about 2018 on chain, SegWit adoption, uh, segregated witness, 
which is the way we chose to scale Bitcoin, right? So we soft forked in segregated witness. And a soft fork means that the upgrade is optional, okay? By And you can choose to run that upgrade by running software that has incorporated that upgrade or you you can continue to run your old software and it will it will continue to operate on the bitcoin network it's backwards compatible so with segwit we enabled or made it much easier to run the lightning network as a second layer solution on top of bitcoin and really good um, and we also increased the block weight limit. So we went from a 1 megabyte block weight limit to an average to a Is it 4? Yeah, it goes you know, in ideal ideal situations, could go up to four. That's if we had 100% adoption, and there were certain other certain ideal uh, ideals about a block that um, that you could reach. But on in practical per, practical uh, you know real life mainnet situation, we're gonna kind of average you know two megabytes or so uh, as a block weight limit. Um, but four is the is the absolute ceiling. So SegWit adoption has gone from 11% at the beginning of 2018 to 51% at the end of 2018. Uh, hash rate went from 15 exahash to 44 exahash. And there were over 80 million transactions uh, on the network in 2018. So while price was uh, definitely stuck in a bear market, there was lots of development happening on Bitcoin and um, kind of setting the stage for uh, another a year of accumulation um, at these levels, or maybe a little bit lower, uh, before before bull market takes back off again. So, yeah, I, I think in 2019 we'll see a lot more development on Lightning Network. Uh, it's going to go from kind of these tinkers like me uh, with a with a node sitting in my in my office. Um, now, when when you do when you so that's that's the Casa node, right? That yeah. You have? Mm-hmm. Now, when you're doing that, do do you? Uh, update your the bitcoin all the way do you run that through every every week or so or you know in terms of checking all the way to the genesis block and back what do they call no um so it just what do they call that well when you when you first start up your node right you you sync to the chain right yeah right to the chain so 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 you sync to the chain you You don't you don't need to do that again once your once your physical machine has done it once and so you just continue to validate. So what happens is in. you do the so they come in and then it just goes ahead. You're already you already got the full full effect of it. So then you can just right. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's okay. And like if if for That's some re- thought, if, did, if for yeah. some reason you decided that you didn't want to trust that that syncing process that you went through already, you could run you could do it again. Well, and I just wanted to point. So, so what you've got with this? It's called what's the name of that that you bought? Casa Hodl. Yeah, the Casa Hodl. So not only can you do the Lightning with that, right? Which right. Is, it's a but, but it's, it's a Bitcoin full node and a Lightning network node. Does that chew up a lot of and electricity? You, you need to, no, because it, it runs on a Raspberry Pi. So That's right. It's very low, about that. very yeah. low electricity. Okay. It does. It does use some bandwidth to run a Bitcoin full node, um, especially if you allow incoming connections, um, but. It's it's doable with a you know broadband connection, so. Um, Thank you th- for that. Yeah, so I think we'll see a lot more Lightning Network development over this year. Uh, we'll see it, um, I think, incorporated into, you know, much more widely used wallets. I think some much more widely used online marketplaces, like we were talking about, will offer it as a as an option. 
uh, and we'll, we'll see it start growing uh, more and more. I, I think we'll see SegWit adoption continue in, in, to increase, um, and a lot of this building during this sort of down, bare, quiet time will continue to happen, and I think it's going to be another really exciting year to be a Bitcoin nerd. Um, as far as in 10 years, where Bitcoin will be in 10 years, so 2029, January 2029, you know, it's, that's such a long time from now. It's, and it's quite, you know, another whole other hundred percent of, of Bitcoin's lifespan. And it's going to double in age in the next 10 years. Um, I, so much has happened and it's come so far in just this first 10 years. Uh, and, and it's, it's could be pretty amazing what happens in the next 10 years. So that 10 years from now, I think we could be well down, well established. Bitcoin could be well established as a store of value, um, accepted very widely as as money uh, around the world. I think that we could even see perhaps uh, it become the unit of account, the the main the main form of currency for large online marketplaces. Um, that mainly transact in in Bitcoin and, and not in fiat currencies. Um, well, doesn't it? I mean, from a cybersecurity I, standpoint, isn't it better just from that standpoint too, in terms of information and passing stuff through, irrespective of the unit of account? There are. I mean, I yeah. I I Bitcoin can't. I mean, if you're, you're holding your keys, so it can't be taken from you, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's that incentive, and there's just, I think there will be market demand, I mean, consumer demand for Bitcoin. Um, and so, anyway, I think I, I think it will be accepted well, in most places idea, online, but I think there will actually be marketplaces that accept Bitcoin. Well, I guess the idea, the, and price, well, and price what we're in Bitcoin. really talking about here, right, and, and I don't know, but what we'd really be talking about is, is, is there going to be... Um, a method to be able to over, overtake this, overtake the fifty-one percent, take it over, like a quantum computer. Yeah, the quantum computing kind of threat has has been talked about for oh, but quite it goes a while. Back, yeah, but there's a and threat. There are, but there, but there, the, the idea there are ways to get around. I mean, there are ways to if SHA two fifty six is hacked by a quantum computer, then there are, you know you get hard fork and and uh, move to a quantum resistant. Hashing algorithm, right, which, right. which has already well, been worked on. Part of it is just to bring this up in terms of our discussion on this, in terms of, you know, because one of the ones that comes out right away mm -hmm. is someone says, don't even look at it, um, quantum computer, you're dead right now. Yeah. Like right. Somebody, people will say that, but there's actually, when you dig into it, it's, it's really not that, it's not that simple. No, it's not. At all. And in fact, there's mo most of the arguments are in favor of the fact that Bitcoin wouldn't get overtaken. So. There are, I mean, people. It is being it is being and has been discussed, and there are options. It wouldn't be great, but there are options. So that that might be a challenge. Yeah, I, I need to. I need to. I need to think about it some more because I. I, I, um, I think there's. I when think, you ask me, I just decided to. You know, I, I. I don't know. Yeah, I think there might be. We might see a major state attack on Bitcoin uh, in ways, you know, to a degree that we have not yet, uh, because I think it could be perceived as a, 
well, se- a serious threat. Well, but it's already it's, it's, and when, in some cases with some some people it, it is perceived that way, right? Currently, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we've witnessed a no. I'm just in terms state of state attack yet. So. No, I don't mean a state attack, but there's certain people. What I mean is, there's certain people that just think Bitcoin should go away. It shouldn't exist. Oh, sure. That's all I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rat poison squared. Yeah, or you know what? It's that one, and and then and then uh, the Bank of International Settlements guy. Yeah, that guy. But no, the one that. Um, Rabini. Uh, I, no, no. I I promise not to do that. The, the okay. Issue, but I say it and avoid it like the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah. Char- Charlie Munger. Yeah. Boy, like the plague. Yeah. yeah. That episode. What was that episode four? No, I think I think it was rat poison. Maybe it was six. No, there was rat poison. No, it was there was there, it's poison. It's that poison. was it's poison, and then the other one was and I'm going to do it already. Avoid it like the plague. <laughs> yeah. Um. But see, that's already you know that's already rolled out from there, and and, and uh, well, let's let's uh, let's make a commitment that wherever we are, ten years from today. We at least get on the phone and chat about Bitcoin, sure. and uh, and this past in this in the ten years that uh, has passed since today. And maybe you're we, not gonna, maybe, maybe not we can gonna, record and podcast. You're not going to be on your way to Mars. <laughs> I, I won't be. No. Okay. No. Not yet. Not by then. Maybe later. I'll still have kids at home. Yeah, but Mars is a, <laughs> Mars isn't a good pick anyway. For a place to go. Oh, anyway, for other re- that's a completely different podcast. So, all right. Well, I think we can wrap it up there. I think that was a good kind of summary of the history and walk back through down memory lane. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. I I know I interjected there, but I think part of it is just to, just to uh, um, you know. No, that was to, good. That was a good combo. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. But anyway, I I'm uh, I'm in the process of 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 looking at at I think they. It's a pre-order again on that Casa Hotel. I yeah. haven't told you this, but I'm I'm thinking about it. And that. And that's part of the reason why I was asking the questions about it because it seems yeah, to me, it's, be pretty interesting to have one of those. It's a nice UI. Um, I I like it using it because it's I, I am we we need to see the Lightning Network develop uh, a UI layer that's you know usable by well the, the average I guess person the, by normies the, well i guess the one way it would work is it would be the, it would be a situation where if you had a relationship with somebody on a supply basis where you were purchasing product and it was a normal commercial relationship where you already knew the person and it was trusted you could do the lightning you could open up a channel yeah. and do conduct your business that way yep and that would be completely normal as to somebody purchasing a regular service and paying by check or giving somebody cash or yep. or giving a credit card you could just go ahead and make the steps that way yep. rather than completely and totally trustless right absolutely so, yep it's pretty exciting so we'll have to get we'll get Tommy a uh, a lightning network node so he can start playing with it and um, we'll report, I think it would we'll be report back I think it would be fun all right man it was fun to get together again it's good to see you good to Likewise. talk good to good talk to Bitcoin you. as always thanks for joining us uh, you can follow us on Twitter at citizen Bitcoin. You can follow Tommy at Cannon's Call on Twitter. I'm at B Swen on Twitter. And uh, I think that's it for today. Yeah, so. when one thing real quick for yeah. 2019, it looks like we may uh, start doing some uh, have have guests. Yeah, we're right? thinking, we, we've been, we ta- cover the, yeah. we've been talking for 21 episodes now about what we think about Bitcoin. I think it'd be fun to branch out and start talking to some other people as well. So 
we're going to look into doing that and, and, and figure it out and figure out what's possible. So look for that. Maybe okay, coming cool. to the to the feed yeah, so sometime that's, in that's, 2019. Yeah, so that should be cool. So anyway, thanks, everybody. All right. Enjoy the care, rest y'all. of your day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.